Since there's little to no education in school about feminism, social uh, social justice again. <laughs> I can't say social justice. I'm ambivalently yours, and this is Rebelliously Tiny, a podcast where each week a special guest helps me respond to one of the thousands of personal questions I've received on social media. In a world that teaches us that strength is loud, harsh, and masculine, this is a place for those of us whose struggle is both impossibly large and rebelliously tiny. Here's this week's question. Hi, so as a high school student, I come in contact with misogyny, rape jokes, and overall sexist things quite often. I do my best to stop the person making the comments and tell them why what they said was wrong, but most people just call me a crazy bitch. I'm known in my school as the loudmouth feminist. Why are people, high schoolers especially, so scared to learn about feminism versus treating it like a joke? Um, hi, my name is Zishi. I'm 15 years old. And I'm currently well, high school, of course, I'm 15. And yeah, there's not much to say, I guess. Yeah, that's a yeah. good start. <laughs> Zishi is a high school student who first wrote to me last summer when I was looking for an intern to help me with some of my upcoming projects. While I was originally looking for someone a little older, I was excited about her enthusiasm and decided to meet her anyway. We ended up having a long discussion about art and feminism and I was blown away with how much she knew. She has since helped me with a few projects and came into the studio for the day as an internship for school. I decided to ask her about this question, since I felt that as a high school student, she could empathize with it much more than I could. Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience in high school with these kinds of things? Can you relate to it in any way? Yeah, sure. Um, well, like throughout my years in high school, Having really come upon that many like misogynists and jokes or anything like that, but it has happened before, and I do like find myself in a place that I want to intervene. Like I want to say that what they're saying is wrong, but it always comes to think like how would people see me if I ever speak out? Like I think I'm really afraid of like people seeing me differently or like excluding me. I like labeling, labeling me some kind of name because of what I believe in and stuff like that. So, like, it's, I'm still kind of working on it. I'm trying to really speak out on what is really bothering me without trying to think about how people see me, basically. And, like, do you, in school, do you ever learn about feminism in any of your classes? Or? Um, um, in Psych 2, we were close to learning about feminism. But our history teacher said that there's never enough time. So there's never enough time, like, at the end of the year to actually learn about, like, the suffragettes and everything, like, historical feminism. So we never actually, like, covered that subject. Um, but, yeah, so, no, we never actually ever learned about feminism at school. But this year, especially um, in ASEAN, like, ethics and uh, religious culture, our teacher, he still talks about certain, like, issues women face, like human trafficking, 
and like rape in colleges. He sometimes, like at the beginning of the class, he like shed some information, like share some news that happened recently to the class. But we rarely indulge in deeply about feminism. So, where do you learn about feminism, or where did you learn, and where do you keep learning about it? Um, I started learning about feminism through the internet. It was kind of, well, I told you before it was like through Emma Watson because I was really like a big Harry Potter fan, like in Sec like two. So I, I was like following her, and she made she had like this big UN um, speech, and I listened to that, and that's when I started learning about feminism, and I started following like uh, social media blogs and accounts on Instagram, on Twitter, who informed me in, about feminism and what was it about, and, like what was going on in the world and how we still have a lot of change to do. So that's how I really got into it and I've been learning ever since. High school is a place where being different is discouraged and often dangerous, which makes speaking out against injustice very difficult. Feminism isn't really taught in most high schools, at best, it's seen as bonus material to briefly mention if there's enough time. Well, my, I don't know, because some jokes that are made in high school about like rape or like women, I feel like like women jokes are mostly come from like boys. And I think it's a whole like situation about like, them never being in that position. So they don't know that how serious of an issue it is so it has to like question on their empathy and like talk to them but not like an attacking way <laughs> yeah like, like i i just think that like the fact that like you're saying that like oh the teacher wanted to talk about feminism but there there wasn't enough time or mm -hmm. it's just it's just seen seen as like this like superfluous thing that maybe if we have time we'll talk about yet mm -hmm. at the same time it's something that's like affecting everybody yeah. and if you're saying like these boys in school like they don't even they make these jokes without thinking because they don't understand well like that's a problem yeah i just think that 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 it's something that's important it's an it affects like how we interact with each other on a daily basis but it's not seen as something important mm-hmm like, how has it changed you, like, after you, um, talk, like, learned from Emma Watson and from other people online? How has it changed, like, the way you look at things? Um, well, well, at first I was really centered around how Emma Watson thought, but then I was like, oh, she has her views and we're different people. <clears throat> so I started going my own way, like, she's the one who helped me start it, but then I went on my own path and, like, how to discover about what affects me and how can I can do to help people, like from a privileged point and um like knowing about feminism has really helped me like to become a better person like to watch what i say and to see how other people to help how they're feeling and to listen to them on their issues since we're all very different um and also like it made me more aware of the world so i like I've, i used to never like follow the news and now i do and, like, it made me, like, have my own opinions and really, like, grown from, like, a kind of ignorant child <laughs> to, like, still teenager, kind of. Yeah. So it's continuing to, like, evolve. And 
I feel like knowing about feminism and other social issues, it just really helps you like, like find who you are as a person and like knowing what you believe in, what are your beliefs and sharing them and discussing with other people. Yeah. And that can like create change and stuff like that. Yeah. I think for me too, like, like my sort of feminist awakening came like later than you because, well, partially because I didn't have access to the internet as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, the internet existed when I was young. I'm (laughs) not that old, (laughs) but, um, you know, there wasn't as much social media. There wasn't like young celebrities talking about feminism which like you I think is like such a good way to just like it's a good entry point when someone you like you like starts talking about it um but yeah but I think that I would have really loved to be when I was a teenager to have access to tumblr and all those kinds of Mm -hmm. things to learn about about different things um because yeah for me when I kind of learned about it I learned about it when I went back to school and I studied art and focusing on feminism and it was just like once I like opened myself up to it I couldn't go back like I couldn't go back to being that person who like I cared about things but from an almost like uninformed like I knew that there was sexism and it bothered me but I didn't really understand how much it was like entrenched in so much of what we do every day and yeah, I think it's like opening a floodgate and you just mm-hmm. like you can't shut it after. No. <laughs> and I guess one of the things that comes out in this question too is like how it's like very like uncool in high school but even as adults to take things seriously. Mm-hmm. Like to be like to stand up for something um cuz people were like, "Oh, you know, don't be like, don't be so serious. Don't take it. You know, it's just a joke. And I think that's really hard to be like labeled mm-hmm. like the feminist killjoy. Mm-hmm. And even for me too, there are some times where I just let things slide, and there are some times when I kill the party and I like speak yeah. up. That's true. Um, so do you do you like call yourself a feminist at school, or do you feel still kind of like? unsure about speaking up about it in those in that way yeah like you said like I do label myself as a feminist and I if people ask me that I would say that I am a feminist I mean it shouldn't be a word that would should be censored it shouldn't be like that and um yeah but I'm always afraid of being like the killjoy and stuff like that so like I said earlier I'm still trying to learn and overcome my fear of rejection and like being labeled something that I don't want even though what I'm saying is not wrong sometimes depends yeah I mean I think for me like one of the things that I find the most annoying now that like a lot of my friends and family members know that like I'm a feminist artist is that they'll still like make like stupid jokes and stuff but now before they do it they'll be like I know you're a feminist but and then they'll say something really offensive. Mm. <laughs> it's like, like instead of just not doing it, they kind of like trying to find a way to like make sure I can't say anything after. Like, 
I don't know. It's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, yes, you know, I'm a feminist, so don't say it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like being a feminist, like I've been able to share what I know and like what it's like with my friends. And like that sparked an interest in them. I think that's kind of one of the points that I really like brought us closer because once we got into those conversations, we actually had more and more of them later on and more deeper each time. And that's really cool. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I wish I was having conversations about intersectional feminism (laughs) when I was 15. But I mean, I think that's I don't know, you always you often hear like people be like, oh, millennials now, yeah. they don't care yeah. about anything or they're so this, they're so that. And then, I don't know, I think you can't group a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. into this one very small minded view. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you learned a lot because of of your position as a millennial interacting with social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. Since there's little to no education in school about feminism, social justice, and structural violence, kids today are turning to social media to get their information. The internet is a vast resource, which can be really great, but can also be quite overwhelming. Young people, and perhaps all people, need help sorting through all the information and understanding the biases of certain media. We also need help processing it all, because it's big, and it's sad, and sometimes it all seems so hopeless. What are things you think that we could, that, like, people could do in high school to, to make it less, I don't know if there is a, like, a clear answer, but yeah, yeah. to make it easier? Like, I don't know, I'm just, like, I even mean, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I feel like the educational board has to do something about it first. Like, most people... When you when you're in school, you're forced you're forced to learn <laughs> what you're learning, <laughs> as to learning stuff on your own, like going through the internet, like how I did. Um, if teachers start teaching about feminism, like at an early age, people will understand better what not to do. I think that like there's something about a teacher who's like a person of authority who you trust mm-hmm. as being smart and knowing things when they teach you something, you kind of, like, assume that it's important. Mm-hmm. You know, when they teach you about math or English or French or history or whatever, you're like, well, if this is in the curriculum, it must be important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really significant that your teacher being like, oh, sorry, we didn't have time to talk about feminism. It makes it seem not really important. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, like, if at least it was in the curriculum, then at least people would maybe take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. And the burden wouldn't be on you, the young person, who's already in a, like a stressful environment of having to define yourself mm-hmm. and stand up for yourself. Yeah. To have to, like, teach social justice to people around you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's basically just common sense. Yeah. <laughs> but also, some people don't actually know what feminism is. Like, I didn't know until, like, age 14 or 13. So, if like, if school had taught me about... Like, actually, no. Sometimes in movies and, like, TV shows, they do actually um, interpret, like... They actually have some scenes that 
like girl power and stuff like that but they never actually say the word feminism so like even at a young age even though that they give us like power and like some girl love and like we still don't know what that is there's no word to label that so if tv shows or other arts in schools had used the word feminism i felt i feel like i would have known at an early age and i would have maybe things would have been so much different i wouldn't have like that many like insecurities in my life mm-hmm. as to yeah can you think of ways that like like sexism has like impacted you like like examples of how it happens in school where you feel like there's like inequality between genders uh i don't know i feel like there has been but i haven't took notice because sometimes it's very subtle mm-hmm. mm. i can't think of something right now but it probably has happened and i just had i didn't know at that time so i just like shook it off just went with it <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing that happens when you learn about feminism is that you realize that some of the things that you just, like, took for granted or didn't really, like, think twice about, Mm -hmm. you realize that some of them are, like, really sexist. Like, the ways that people will be like, well, girls should be like this, boys should be like this, or, you know. And then you you realize that, like, no, boys and girls don't have to act, like, specific Mm -hmm. way. And that can be really weird to like wrap your head around and then once you know all these little things start like like you hear them more you see them more and then it becomes like harder and harder i think yeah. to ignore them mm-hmm. sometimes the boys they don't show their own um full personality in class mm-hmm. so the teachers don't know how they are like some boys they are sexist and racist and sometimes the teacher doesn't notice so they let it slide like that's the thing when people don't when they do something wrong and no one intervenes i feel like they just think oh there's nothing wrong with that i'm just gonna continue doing that because it's all right it's all good and i feel like that's how school or people in general need to start speaking up and saying that's wrong and this is why don't say that anymore (laughs) well i think it's like you said the whole empathy thing like, if the boys could understand, like, the boys that are doing this could understand, like, how it makes other people feel, and, like, maybe it would be harder for them to to do it. Like, I think that when you're, like, when you do these kinds of things and you always get away with it, there's no consequence and you don't really have to worry about hurting people's mm-hmm. feelings because no one says anything. Of course you'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to always have to be the one to, like, teach everyone. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be up to you. Yeah, it's kind of... This whole thing, like, before learning about feminism, you're, like, you're ignorant, but you're kind of happy. Not, like, happy, but, like, blissful-ish. <laughs> it's like, because you don't know what everything's going on around the world, so you don't feel that sad about it. Mm-hmm. So when you're the only one, or, like, the few people who know about the injustice and like the issues that like people like women like black people like everybody how they face it's just kind of sad yeah yeah it's really sad and it can get overwhelming sometimes Mm -hmm. when you feel like there's nothing you can do or that yeah or when you feel like the people around you don't care 
I think it's, it's hard. I get overwhelmed sometimes. Mm-hmm. There are times when I just like, I just don't want to think about it. I just want to hide under my blankets and yeah. be blissfully ignorant again. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, like there's been a lot of like shootings in America, like police brutality and the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And like every time, like I just feel so upset about like just innocent men, like black men dying for no specific reason just because the police want to. And they are like, nothing gets done. They're just on like paid leave and there's no justice made. And I feel like people need to talk about that. But like nobody actually knows about it or people, they know about it, but nobody actually, the teachers don't have discussions like that in class. So it's kind of hard. Like it's like sheltered inside even though like all these things I want to say like how it's wrong and I wish I could do something about it but I I can't really yeah well I don't know maybe something you can do is to like ask your teachers about it like bring it up in class or talk to your teacher before class and say you know this horrible thing happened it'd be it would be good if we could talk about it Mm -hmm. I think that you're allowed you know your teacher is there for you Mm-hmm. And of course, not all teachers are going to be responsive to this. But if you have a teacher that you can trust, I think you're allowed to ask them for help in that way. Like, you know, especially when like horrible things happen and you don't know how to wrap your head around it. I think I think that that should be allowed. Mm-hmm. And we, we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. because it's traumatic for everybody I mean of course it's more traumatic for the people who it's happening to but mm-hmm. you know it's traumatic for everybody to see that we live in a system that doesn't protect minorities that doesn't mm-hmm. protect women that doesn't protect trans people you know yeah that's sad that's it is so sad it's really sad mm. and I think sometimes like we feel like we can't do much but I think that starting conversations is a really powerful thing mm-hmm because talking about it is can lead to so much action mm-hmm. and the more people know the more it's going to affect how they behave yeah you know mm-hmm. as we wrapped up our discussion Zishi gave the kind of advice that I think we all need to learn to listen to a little more often I usually tell myself like don't pressure yourself too much even if you like you don't need to know everything like, I started out, like, with white feminism. Like, I was really, like, centered around issues that only caters to white women. So I was really centered around that. And later on, I learned about intersectional feminism. Like, I, like I said, like, through a Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift, like, feud on Twitter. That's when I learned about that. So, like, um, everybody's going to start out as white feminists. Everybody's going to start out about, like, the social media, they usually cover the surface and about feminism they don't really go in depth and like go into intersectionality like how it affects people depending on their ethnicity race and gender identity sexuality and all that so like you gotta start somewhere i don't pressure yourself to like oh i need to know more and i need to know more about that and like like, it's okay just do you learn as much as you can and try listen to people um, when they talk about their issues, don't talk over them. Um, yeah, like, together, create space together. Don't be against each other. And just really support each other. 
when it comes to injustice. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great advice. Hmm. And like, in a, no matter how old you are, and like, just know that your voice is important. Like, I'm 15, but if I was like 20 something or like if I was seven, like, no matter what the, what age you are, your voice matters. Like, don't think that, oh, I'm young. I don't know much about the world. I shouldn't, like, have opinions about this. Like, you're allowed. I mean, you're much of human being as and a citizen as someone who's, like, 20 years older than you. So just do you and live, <laughs> I guess. That's kind of cheesy, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank so, you for having me. That was really great. You were, you were perfect. Thank you. You see, you were worried, but you were perfect. Uh, okay. <laughs> Good. The conversation you just heard was recorded in the fall of 2016. A few weeks ago, I sent the first draft of this episode to Zishi for approval, and she responded to me with the following statement. I don't know if it's relevant or even worth mentioning, but since this was recorded at the beginning of the year, I do have to say that some things have changed. I'm talking about the affirmation on how schools don't teach feminism. Well, during this year's history class, we learned about the feminist movement in Canada in brief, and in ECR, we tackled important subjects like campus rape, consent, masculinity, hypersexualization, etc. Though I'm only speaking on behalf of my school. I don't know if other schools actually talk about these subjects. I decided that it was important to add this clarification to the episode, because to me, it's a sign that there's hope. A sign that in the several years between Zishi's high school experience and mine, things have started to change. Conversations are turning into curriculums. To quote Rebecca Solnit from the book Hope in the Dark, Your opponents would love you to believe that it's hopeless, that you have no power, that there's no reason to act, that you can't win. Hope is a gift you don't have to surrender, a power you don't have to throw away. And though hope can be an act of defiance, defiance isn't enough reason to hope, but there are good reasons. Rebelliously Tiny was written, produced, and edited by me, Ambivalently Yours, and co-produced by Hannah McCasland. The music is by Greg Barkley. This episode was recorded at Obero Artist Run Centre in Montreal, with technical support from Stéphane Claude. Special thanks to the entire team at Obero for their technical, financial, and emotional support. Additional thanks to our special guests for taking the time to talk with us. To learn more about my work and this podcast, please visit my website, ambivalentlyyours.com, or follow me on social media, at ambivalentlyyours on Instagram and Facebook, at ambivalentlyyou on Twitter. To see the drawing inspired by this episode, or to submit a question of your own, please check out the Tumblr where this all began, ambivalentlyyours.tumblr.com. If you like our podcast, 
please share it with your friends and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your help, hopefully we can build up enough momentum so that website development and shippable mattress companies want to fund our second season. Thank you.